Hey everyone, it's time again for the Steve Perryman podcast um, with our friends uh, Tom and Howard. Welcome, chaps. Hi. Good evening. Yeah, great to see you. So um, it's been a few games since we spoke last, and maybe we'll have just a, a little run through of those those games and performances. Uh, albeit we're a little bit behind, but. You know, a game against Arsenal is always worth speaking about. Even the fact that it left us a bit depressed, I would say. Mm-hmm. But um, but should we start there? Arsenal losing losing three one to the old enemy. I thought uh, it was a deserved loss. Uh, yeah. Is that how you saw it, chaps? Yeah. Tom. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought at half time. That we, I turned to my son and said, I think they're there for the taking in the second half. I thought that we started slowly, but then grew into it um, a bit. And um, and I just figured that if we carried on in that in that way and got a good talking to at halftime, I, I genuinely saw opportunities for us to win the game, having um, having equalised. But um, but we didn't. We just started the second half as badly as we started the first. We didn't carry on any of the momentum that we'd um, that we you know built up in in that first half as it went on, and then. One mistake from Hugo and um, and that tackle from Emerson, which I thought was a bit of a soft red card. See him give him, see him not, um, and yeah. then we just we just never laid a glove on him after that. Howard, um, Loris, is he is he worrying you? I'm a little bit worried. In the, thing. The, the few games before, he'd been very very good, yeah. and against Arsenal, he was not himself as I've seen it. Um, he flapped at a few, not didn't have to deal with many shots, but he flapped flapped at a few. Crosses against Brighton. Um, you're talking about well, against all of them, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> so, so yeah. I mean, it was a terrible goal to give away, wasn't it? Yeah, terrible goal. And what about the midfield change from three four three to three five two? Do you think that was warranted? It worked on the occasion, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think- I, I do like the extra man in there. Mm. It allows us. <clears throat> the problem is if you play a front three, that you've got three up, and that's a space we want to be running into. I think so. I, I don't think we lose anything when there's only two up there, and it just it, it makes us more solid in midfield. Surely, I think that's where that's where Kulisevsky adds adds a lot because he does. Yeah, and if you're playing up front, if you're playing Kane, Son and Richarlison up front, like you say, you might as well, yeah, you, you, you sacrifice a lot of that midfield control. And yeah. um, and certainly some of the last few games, it's it's looked like we've been crying out for an extra man in, in the middle. And um, I think against Brighton, we saw the difference it made, certainly in the first half, at least yeah. in terms of the control we were able to have in the middle of the park. We could we could go hunting for the ball, couldn't we? Our midfield could go hunting because there was sort of a bit more security yeah. behind them, and that's that was the springboard for us to go and do a bit more damage. Not 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 a fantastic amount of damage, but enough. And when you score early in such a game as Harry did, then um, then of course the game changes. Brighton are no mugs either, are they? You know they've. Um... 
they got a good result against Liverpool. They hadn't lost at home in seven months, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a really good, really good win. Yeah, to score three at, uh, at Liverpool is no mean feat, is it, for them? The first game of the new manager. Yeah, and this was their first home game under him. You know, they must have been, you yeah, know, they would have been out for it. Yeah. Did you see much of that 3-3, Howard, at, at uh, Liverpool? A fair bit of it, yeah. Um, and the margins are so fine, aren't they? If you're going to make, make a mistake. But <clears throat> Liverpool appear to be really struggling because their backup, the rest of their squad, is not, is not up to what they had. Yeah, I agree um, with that. And uh, none of us predicted it before the season started, but it's easy to be clever after the event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they look like they're struggling. And I think the fact is City are going to run away with the league and anybody else has got to go full pelt just to keep up with them, just keep second place. Yeah, they've started to look a bit ordinary, Liverpool, haven't they? Yeah. Is it Klopp's eight season syndrome? Every club he's at, I think, uh, certainly Dortmund. It was the eighth that, season where um and is that the, right? And the club he was he was here before um uh, Okay. No 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 problem, Tom. But yeah, the, the club he was up before as well. He um by all accounts it was his eighth uh main Mainz Mainz yeah. yeah um had a similar thing there, I think, where it just kind of petered out after a certain you know, yeah. after, after after that seven year cycle. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen Liverpool looked so nervous in possession of the ball. Yeah. It looked like they had to do three or four things really good in tight situations to end up looking like Liverpool normally do. But um, but yeah, I I um, I've noticed um, more urgency in Harry's legs. Yeah. From the from the Arsenal game where I thought that his legs were looking a bit tired to the start of the Brighton game when he was sharp onto it. I think we'd lost possession and and it went to their midfield player and he was quick onto him from behind and, and made him make a mistake and we, we then started to, uh, to play a bit. But the red card, how, I mean, of course it affected the game. I still come back to the same thing. I thought Arsenal were good winners on the day, as hard as that is to say. Yeah. The red card made it a bit more, a, a bigger gap between the two teams than probably it is. I'd say so. Yeah. And would you have given a red card for it? No. Nah. I don't think so. I think... Um, you see, you've, you've seen him given for it. You've seen, you've seen him not for that kind of challenge. I, I didn't think it was a, a straight, a, a straight red by any, yeah. by any means. But um, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it happens. Yeah, they've, they've, they've had a few. It always, it always seems like we, we just lose at their place. They lose at our place. And that's just the way it is in yeah. recent years. You know, but... in recent years, it's not been. It's been <laughs> they've drawn probably at our place. They haven't lost. Yeah, but I mean, the last five years, I think we beat him. Okay. I, th- I think we, the, the the one time we didn't beat him was that the, the Wembley one where Kane, uh, where Abamyang's penalty in the last minute. But other than that, we just always beat them at our place. Um, yeah. They usually get a man sent off, and then um, we lose at their place, and we get a man sent off. It's just the way. way I'm, I'm going to go against the grain here. I thought it was a red card. Um, there was a situation on the touchline where the Arsenal player 
did him. Royale did him. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, if I was playing, I think I'd get that one back. And then a couple of minutes later, the ball came to the wide player again, and he should have nailed him. He could have nailed him in a nothing position, but he would have let him know that he was around. And he didn't take it. And I remember thinking, you should have. That was your chance. And then he chose the wrong time to do it. So the, the foot was left on him. What I will say to agree with you two is that I've seen incidents prior to that game and actually since that game when as bad a challenge and even worse challenges were allowed to be just a yellow. So the consistency part of, of what we're doing <clears throat> is not quite right. Did you see the winning goal for Arsenal against Liverpool? Yep. Penalty? Yeah. You, yes, Howard, penalty yep. from you? Yep. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> I'm seemingly going against you two. But anyway, um, I thought it was very, very soft. Very. What does it matter what I think? The referee thought it was, and therefore it was a penalty and the winning goal. One thing that's been worrying me, do you remember the last season when Lloris and Son had a row at halftime? Yeah. Against Everton. Yep. I think it was against Everton. Yeah. yeah the season before. And it was yeah. it was the, the, the um, no crowd season. I remember oh, it was, was it? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. So that was about... Son recovering to goal, which if you're playing in a front three, one of you must recover to goal. One of the three has got to go halfway. Yeah. And the third man stays up on the halfway line. That's how I see a front three working. So on these occasions, it's Son. So Son is recovering to goal. And the opponent's job is to get a 2v1 anywhere on the field. If you look at Manchester City play, all their passing is to encourage someone to get lazy or someone not to know their job. On two occasions against the Arsenal, Son, despite getting back, great, well done, that's the first part. But the second part is to know your job, know your role, because now you are, you're not allowing a two against one wide, you're actually two for two but you better know what you're doing. And he did not know what he was doing. And that led to their, their goals. So, so I think someone could have had a moan at Son with regard to those events happening, similar to the way that Loris had done, yeah. as you said, two, two seasons earlier in lockdown. But um, I think that's, that's a little bit of a worry if you play Son in a 4-3-3. His energy takes him back. He wants to defend. Mm. Great. And we want him to defend. But make sure you know what you're doing. You know, it's no good having a great big centre forward who, who comes back as ever for to defend set pieces and then let someone run off him so he doesn't defend properly. You might, you might as well be up on the halfway line. <coughs> so I, I'm, I'm starting to get that little bit of a doubt on Son and with regard to the, his defensiveness. And therefore, I think he, he needs to play in a two. 
and being either on the halfway line or being halfway back into our own half, waiting to someone to win the ball and then he can turn and then start us off. That's that's how I see it. So um so no goals against us in the last two games. Mm-hmm. How was the Eintracht Frankfurt game? Sort very of tight. recovered. Recovered a bit. It's a very, very tight game. Um, I think if anybody was going to win it, it should be us, but it ended up no score. Um, and clearly it's a, a good one to win. They're clearly not mugs. I mean, they won they won this damn tournament last season, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, very much so. So, but we we're, we're we're still confident this week, aren't we? In that game, we're, yeah. we're capable of beating them. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And are you two going to the game? Yeah. Uh, I can't go on Wednesday night. I'll be be back on Saturday for the Everton game now. Okay. And how's the COVID situation in your house, Tom? Uh, it's, it's gone away, thankfully. Um, we're we're still feeling a bit. Um, a bit, a bit rough. Feel, feel a bit beaten up from it. First time we've had it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, much, much better than this time last week. Thank you. Good. Okay, I'm having a booster this week. Howard, have you had yours yet? I had my booster last week. Well done. So we're 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 going to be safe very yeah. soon, surely. So that allows us to um, to have a look. I got invited to the um, to the American football game mm. at the stadium. Yesterday, I did. I couldn't go, but uh, I got a late invite uh, from actually from Daniel Levy's wife, mm. which was a very nice invite. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't take it up, but uh, would have been nice to see our stadium in a different light as such. So um, I'm going to come on to our goal against Brighton. Any comments on that? Harry's goal from the in the Poach, corner poaches. that went out and come back in again. Yeah, yeah. Poacher's finish, wasn't it? it was very, was very, very, very good. And it's, it's, that's the, that sort of classic Harry goal that comes about because he's done so much work to put, to put into it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Son was shooting or do you think it was a cross? I suspect Son was shooting because I think he's very much got that in his head that right now that he's got to be the top scorer. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looked like it was going for the typical bend. Yeah. And it didn't quite bend enough, and therefore it put Harry in in position. But it was a striker's goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very much, very much com- a striker's goal. The commentator called it a deflection straight away, didn't he? And then yeah. then it was like, oh, actually, did no, he? A, yeah, but then said, oh no, that was a good good predatory finish by Harry Kane. But it, it it initially looked like it could have just bounced off and gone in, but it was a great finish. Yeah. Um. And what about uh, what what are you thinking about Bissouma so far? He's. I, I think he's. He's. He's easing in. Um, I, I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes in terms of what's what's meant. You know, in, in terms of his match match fitness, his match readiness. Conte's said a couple of times in the several weeks ago that he wasn't ready to start. Um, I don't. I think all I'll say is that we, we're not exactly when he does play. We're not exactly seeing the the, the Basuma who who played very very well against us for Brighton. At, at, at the Spurs Stadium last season, on more than one occasion, yeah, definitely but, not. You know, you just you just hope that he's he's presumably still learning, adapting to a new club, new system, yeah. um, and maybe doesn't quite have the confidence to play freely in it as of yet. 
Um, but he's clearly a very good player from what we saw. Um, yeah, very much so. Very so, much so. If you if you remember the podcast, I I was sort of putting him forward as a as a possibility. Uh, I mean, not a possibility. He was a good player, hmm. and I couldn't imagine that that anyone would let him go. And there must have been a situation there with contracts. I think you know more about that than me, Tom. Uh, as per, they had to let him go to get some some decent money for him. Howard, your thoughts on him? Well, I've never seen enough of him live to really make up my mind. But um, he, I, th- I think he's looked a bit better each time he's played. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that it's a positive move Keep going forward. Yeah. I, I'm a bit disappointed that he's he's looked too prepared to play the ball one touch back to where it's come from. Right. So he's starting to look a bit negative to me. But that could be the sign of a of a, a player that's lost a bit of confidence. Yeah. And why wouldn't he lose his confidence <clears throat> if he's not being given game time? So I would understand that as well. But I remember him against us driving with a ball. Yeah. Driving with a ball from midfield. And that was anything but negative. Yeah. So um, so we we've still got a bit to come of him. Um I mean, we're not we're not light players in midfield, but we had light numbers. Yes. Just returning to that aspect, so um, you know we got two decent players in there, and but it just looked like we needed the third one to to uh, to underline our strength, as it as it were. So um, so yeah, Bentacore looks better in a three than a two. Yeah. Yeah, he looks as if he wants to get forward and can get forward, and and he likes a shot, doesn't he? Yeah, that's that's the part of the game I like. And uh, our other man, Hoiberg, can can turn up anywhere, can't he? He can turn up on our own goal line, or he can turn up on their goal line. Mm. So, um, so that's going to be interesting to see how um, how that develops. So, a couple of sad items: um, Gian Piero Ventroni. Um, sadly passed away this week. I don't know anything about him, chaps. Can you help me out on that one? Um, Go ahead. Oh, so, sorry, Howard. Um, I mean, he again. I I knew very little of him other than I seeing him hugging Son um, quite for quite a long time after the Leicester game when Son came back and got his hat trick. He was one of the first people he ran to um, at, the, at the end of the game. Um, and also seeing him in the summer uh, in Korea, you know, really pushing the, the squad through its paces in the heat, and um, to the extent that they were kind of thrown up on the side of the on the yeah. side of the pitch. But, but by all accounts, he was a, a really hard taskmaster, but um, a very popular, very very popular man in the club um, with all the players. With um, he was Antonio Conte's. He's worked with Antonio Conte for years and years. He was yes. responsible for. Uh, he was part of the team where, where Italy won the World Cup. Yeah. as well um so uh and i just it's shocking how quickly it happened you know acute leukemia um yeah. to, to, to to suddenly go downhill in the way he did and and um i just think we can't just make what an impact that must have had on the on yeah. on antonio and the, and and the players given the the kind of feedback that's come out of the club and the tributes that have come out of the club mm-hmm. um about about what about his character and yeah. and, and and what he was like to have around the place it was very moving how to see the reaction of the uh, the management the bench yeah um before the the brighton game wasn't it yeah 
I mean, you know, he, he's a tough nut, Conte. Sure. And he's, you know, he was visibly shaken, wasn't he? Yes. So, so that's a shame. And Conte's teams have all been built on fitness. Yeah. Everyone's got to contribute to the to the team effort. That's that's the way it seems. So, if this guy was his go-to man for the fitness, you know, he, he must have trusted him, and obviously that's shown itself in the in the reactions. So, Howard, um, any thoughts on our friend John Duncan? His sad yeah. passing. Yeah, John Duncan. I always remember as being a very he a very straight guy. Very much so. Um, Great description, that Howard. Thank you. Um, and his main, his number one goal scoring season, I presume, was the second division promotion, where he was a key striker for us. We didn't. There's always yeah. a bit of a weakness for us. Yeah, for sure. Chris Neely Jones and Jerry Neely Armstrong, not yeah. be, not good enough for it really. And Duncan, I thought, always was good enough. He had this calm feeling about him that when he when he, when he was going to shoot, you knew what he was doing, and he knew you knew that yeah. he knew what he was doing. Um, the minute when we in that summer we brought Ozzy and Ricky, and so although he was part of the squad the next season, he was very much yeah. less out, out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very measured individual. Um, I saw him as not quite the typical footballer. Yeah, he's very very educated. And I remember him in team meetings when sometimes it gets a little bit out of hand and something said the spur of the moment. And he sat down in the in the home team dressing room and he'd put his arms out straight and he'd say, now just wait a minute. Let's just go through that again. <laughs> so, so very measured, um, an educated opinion. Uh, but very straight as you have. It's a very good um, good description, Howard. And he, he put in his uh, the, the graph that you need as a striker. But, of course, he was smelling the goal. He, he would rather run towards goal than run, run back and defend. But why, why not? So, um, yeah, I liked him as an individual. And I just remember at times, because when you're doing finishing practices, um, you know, a striker would maybe get 30 finishes in, in a session to finish off with. And one or two of those strikes at goal, attacking a cross or whatever, um, he would shape to put it in one corner and Pat would go and it would go in the other corner off of his knee. <laughs> and therefore, that was very frustrating to someone like Big Pat. So um, Pat used to let him know how lucky he was um, on certain of his finishes at goal. But, you know, when that's going for you, not against you, like it was for Pat, it was going for you instead. You're delighted with any sort of goal, however it goes in. So, um, but I think he had a bit of everything, John. I think he had a bit of pace, not, not over quick, but he could attack it in the air and he could read the cross and I listened to a a, um, a podcast that he was in um, just to just to remind myself. And he was very thankful for the crosses from people like uh, Ralph Coates and Terry Naylor and Terry Naylor from hmm. from the wing position and also the, the fullback position. So, 
so yeah john um sad passing and um we won't forget you and thank you for your for your work on behalf of uh, Tottenham Hotspur. And of course he played for other teams before and after us. And you, you seem to remember him, Tom, from managing Chesterfield. Yeah, I was a bit, bit young to, to, to have any memories of him playing, playing for Spurs, but I've got very vivid, vivid memories of him losing his glasses in the celebration uh, <laughs> against Middlesbrough in the, in the semi-final when, um, when they got their left, when Chesterfield got the late equaliser. Um, and I've only ever heard, nice things about him from 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 likes of yourself and from yeah um you know so yeah really really sad day all around for Spurs yeah. the other day losing him yeah he, he did good things with Chesterfield didn't he yeah. did, did good for things and I, I think he got them through to two semi-finals might have been one good. league cup and one one FA cup but um you know coming from the division they were that's that's not a typical place to be is it in a semi-final I mean you'd be delighted with that if he was if he was in the top league yeah so he, he was doing something good there as well so I mentioned um Terry Naylor's crossing of the ball I saw Terry on Friday night just gone I did a talk in Blackheath uh very very good host Paul Welch and his partner Tracy um, put together a nice group of people. South London, I was like a fish out of water. Uh, I have to say, I never know how I got to South London and I don't know how I got out. Um, and that's not a fear element. That's just a geography. I, of course, if we were playing Millwall or Crystal Palace or Charlton, I'm probably arriving by, by bus coach, of course, with the team. And um, so why, why should I remember the way there? But the number of years I did travel to those sort of places and still could not tell you today how to get there. So it was great to see not only Terry Naylor, um, also Tony Womp was there. And some of the older supporters would, uh, would remember Tony. He was a very, very home, good homegrown left back. He filled in most of the time for Cyril Knowles and um, ended up, I think, being transferred to Birmingham City and then ended up in America um, where he had a, a, a great time. Now lives up in, the, in the, the Midlands, the Birmingham area. But it was great for those two to be at my, um, my function. And, and, uh, and both of them were there to give some sort of introduction to me um, and they know my career, and therefore they gave a good account of the number of games I've played and a consistency about me, etc., uh, which was really nice and doesn't normally happen at these type of talks. You get invited, you get introduced by the by the host, and fine. Um, but they were so great in their praise of me. Mm. I said, my first line was, as they were talking, I thought I'd like to meet him. Oh, no, it's me. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that was quite funny. But I had a really good night there, a, a very, very decent group of people talking to. And the fact it was in South London, it wasn't only Spurs people. There was some uh, interesting West Ham people, Charlton, Arsenal, 
And, you know, sometimes on a night like that, it can make it a touch more interesting because they, uh, they have a different take on, mm. on events. So um, we, we, we looked after it and we enjoyed it uh, very much so, uh, Kim and myself. So um, uh, I've mentioned this name before, Adam Stansfield, our striker that we uh, lost early uh, at Exeter City. And his son, if you remember the last podcast, I said he'd returned, having been sold to Fulham. His son returned uh, on loan and he scored two goals uh, at the weekend. So delighted for him. Uh, he wasn't being led by Matt Taylor, the normal manager of Exeter City, since my friend Paul Tisdale left because Matt left himself and took staff with him to Rotherham. So... Um, I was looking for their result on Saturday, but unfortunately they got beaten. So there's some changes afoot at, um, at Exeter City and uh, we wish Matt uh, the best of luck. I saw something on Facebook today. I don't know if you saw it, Tom. Um, Harry Kane announcing this foundation. Mm. Yeah. And um, I noticed in the bit of film, it was like cartoon Type, it was really it? good animation, really good. Really good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so we wish him well for that, uh, this foundation. I think it's with regard to mental health. Yeah. And he was putting up the case that he was turned down by a certain club and then he was invited to his next club and then it didn't go smooth for him. You know, we know that he went on loan of various clubs and it wasn't it wasn't nailed on that he was going to make it, but, but the lesson was... Okay, go again. Just work harder. Go again, and um, but within it, I saw something where he had a number thirty-seven, and my number, my training number was thirty-seven, and I thought because it was on a bib that that's his it was his training number, and I'd have been very proud if it had been, but unfortunately, it was pointed out to me that thirty-seven was his playing number, mm. so. My highest playing number, anyone know what that is? Bearing in mind there was no squad numbers in those days. Eight. My, my biggest shirt number, Howard. There's 30. a test. There's a test. Right. What, did, what did you say? Eight. 37. Ah, no, that was my training number. Yeah. Uh, the highest number I ever had was 11. Oh, really? Because when I made my debut, I was sort of replacing on the program mm. notes, Roger Morgan. And although I didn't play on the left wing like he did, um, there must have been a change of system or whatever. And um, I took the 11 shirt. Um, the least number I've ever had. Anyone Two. know that? Two. No. One. Howard? Five. Five, yes. Got it. <laughs> and where was the five? You should know this, Howard. Well, the only, the only person I remember wearing the five was when they made the cock up putting the shirts on in the United States. Absolutely five. right. That was the five. That was the one. So, Howard, you've passed the test. Very Thank well you. done. We're very proud of you. And um, you've obviously been away on holiday. Well, no, you're always away on holiday. What am I saying? So um, when's the next one, Howard? I think you know. <laughs> We're going to Bergen. 
We're going to Bergen, the four of us, um, Kim and Viv, and us two. We're going to Bergen, and we're going to be part of a a big screen viewing in a pub or some sort of hall with regard to Manchester United, the away game. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. How are you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, you know, we, we're hoping to meet our friend theatre, you know. Yes, of course, yeah. And if we can get hold of it for a few days. And that's because their house burnt down. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of there's a lot of timber in the, the houses yeah. in Norway. Yeah. Bless her. Oh well, if, hope, hopefully we see her for you know even a short time. You might you might be on the flight on the uh, at the airport on the way home. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Thank you, chaps. Much Thank appreciated. You. I see that uh, we should just pass a um, a note for Stephen Clements. Yeah, well, I think would have left his job uh, with Steve Bruce. Yeah, I think they got asked to leave at West Bromwich Albion, and um, so regards to you, Stephen, if you're listening. I know he does sometimes, so um, you know there'll be another another job coming around soon, I'm sure. So, okay, chaps, thank you very yeah. much for your input as ever. Um, go and have a nice evening, and good luck, uh, Howard. On on uh, is it Wednesday night? The game, yeah. Um, Who's the or Wednesday? Tom, do you Wednesday, know? Wednesday night in front. Wednesday uh, night. Frankfurt. Wednesday yeah. night. Certainly not Thursday night. Hmm. Is it? Good luck, and we need a win in that game, don't we? Yeah, got to win the home games in this group. Yeah. yeah. So good luck with that. Give a shout for me, and uh, I think the next time I'm going is to the Leeds United game. So uh, be good to see the new stadium Mm -hmm. as against the old stadium but uh, but yeah thanks for listening chaps come on you Spurs and uh, many thanks for you two for your help again as ever pleasure come on you Spurs